lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. I'm joined by my good friends most of the time. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. And you can let us know how you think or what you think about what we think. And boy, howdy, am I hearing from you right now. I've never received the volume of notes I'm receiving right now. So Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. I'm doing my best to try to keep up with these as best I can. You can try liking us on Facebook. Good luck with that uh, because Facebook doesn't like us again. Uh, You can also uh, go to the Facebook free speech alternative over at MeWe. Just look for Steve Dace there. That's D-E-A-C-E. Follow us on Twitter until we get banned there as well, at Steve Dace Show. With Parler now off, gone, maybe to never return, we shall see. I got to tell you, I've tried for three days now having an account with that other um, Parler alternative to Twitter, Gab. And God bless them, man. They seem like some really cool people, but I, I can't get on their website. I've tried uh, dozens and dozens of times for three days to get the site to work, man. And eventually, the the best avail- avail- the best abilities availability. You know what I'm saying? And if I if I can't get it to work, I just can't get it to work. If you can, more power to you. I can't. Tried multiple browsers, everything. I could not get it to work. Now there's another new social media network that has emerged called Clout Hub. That's kind of a Twitter esque. Um, uh, Facebook hybrid, I guess. I just joined it this morning under Steve Dace. Uh, if you want to check that out, you can do it as well. Okay. Uh, you've also got YouTube at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. But again, all these are subject to banishment at any point. And then there's the free speech alternative um, called Rumble uh, to YouTube. Just to look up Steve Dace on Rumble as well. So lots of different ways that you can find us when we're not live on the air here on The Blaze. Uh, and interact with the program if you so desire. Uh, Coming up on today's show, uh, at the bottom of the hour, an interview I am very much looking forward to. Uh, There's a a few columns that I've read over the course of my time as uh, an activist or working in this industry that have stuck with me. Uh, I think of uh, Anthony Codevilla's The Ruling Class column from... Uh, well over, I think it was about a decade ago when he ran that. And much of what he wrote about in that piece is what we have lived through for the last several years. And there's a similar tour de force magnum opus from Jason Whitlock of Outkick that he actually wrote for us here at The Blaze. Uh, and we're gonna, I think that was on Friday. And we're going to talk to him about that coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we're going to play Fake News or Not with something I wrote. Seven years ago, right before Christmas, the assistant op-ed page or the deputy op-ed page editor at USA Today, Dave Mastio, who's a native Iowan, called me up because he was concerned about what we now know it as cancel culture, right? Back then, we just kind of called it a mob. He was concerned that the mob had come from had come for Phil Robertson, or now now our colleague here at, at, at Blaze TV, had come for Phil Robertson and, and Duck Dynasty, which was at its apex at this time. I mean, they were averaging 12, 13, 14 million people an episode at this point. 
And it's because of an interview that Phil Robertson gave to GQ magazine where he essentially repeated the birds and the bees. That dudes like chicks and chicks like dudes. And the mob wasn't having it. And so they tried to get Duck Dynasty canceled. Remember, I think it was Cracker Barrel removed all their stuff for a brief period of time and everything else. Do you remember this? I do. Yeah. Yep. And Dave Mastio, um, who I just had to stop following because he's just got... I don't know how to still explain it, man. Just Trump derangement syndrome. I mean, he's just convinced himself that Trump is his, is Hitler in the last several years. Um, he called me up. He called me. I was doing some co- contributing for USA Today at this time. He called me and said, "Hey, I want you to write the column in response to this. We got to nip this stuff in the bud. We can't we can't set this precedent that this is how we do business in America." Because if they, they can do it to these guys with arguably the number one show in the country right now, they can do it to anybody. Um, I wrote that column at the end of 2013 in defense of Duck Dynasty. It became the second most read and shared column of the year for USA Today, even though it didn't get released until the very end of the year. By the way, for those of you that don't know what, want to know what number one is, I, I still remember what number one is or was. The number one read and shared column of the year that eclipsed only mine at USA Today in 2013 was a column from a former Clinton administration official who had had a Christian conversion and was now working at Fox News, even though she still categorized herself as a liberal. Oh, wait. And she had (laughs) written a piece in April of that year destroying the media for ignoring the Kermit Gosnell story. That's right. Do you know who that was? Kirsten Powers. Kirsten (laughs) Kirsten Powers. That's right. The number one column of the year at USA Today in 2013 was Kirsten Powers' piece eviscerating the media for ignoring the Kermit Gosnell story. Author of Silence. Yes. It was the only column published by USA Today in 2013 that was read and shared more than mine on uh, and in defense of Duck Dynasty. For fake news or not next hour, I'm going to go back and read you that column. And we're going to ask ourselves, would USA Today publish this? I, no. I was kind of shocked. <laughs> Aaron, I was kind of shocked it was still at their website when I went and looked this up the other day. <laughs> All right, and then you know what I did? Instead of share, instead of, because I thought, you know what, if I just keep the link, they're going to see, because I went out and reshared it on my social media to say, that's the question we're going to ask next hour. Would USA Today run this column as is right now? Would any major newspaper in the country run it as is right now? Including some that people think are right of center or fair, like a Wall Street Journal. Would they run that op-ed as it is worded? I think there's no chance, but we'll discuss it next hour. And because I thought, dude, if I share this and then just save the link, they're gonna they're gonna delete it off the site. So I made sure that I I cut, I cut and pasted the the text so that we actually have that. All right. So we're gonna take a stroll down memory lane when media was just biased and not yet the enemy. That's coming up in, in next hour for fake news or not. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, yesterday I I made in um, uh, sort of a. I guess a TED talk or address that I gave on yesterday's show, I made a reference to an elephant paw and a donkey paw. And yes, I know that donkeys have hooves. Thank you. Okay. But it was a literary reference and it's a famous short story. Uh, it's a, it's, 
It's a British short story from the turn of the last century. That's basically the UK's version of the devil and Daniel Webster. And it's the story is called the monkey's paw. And, um, it's, it's the UK version of the devil and Daniel Webster with the, you know, the, the, the genie of the lamp from Aladdin and the, and crazy or the Arabian nights, whatever that was called. And so in the monkey's paw, it grants you three wishes, but the cost it extracts in order for giving you what you want is exorbitantly high. And so that's, I was making a reference to that famous short story yesterday when I talked about the elephant paw and the donkey paw. Why do I bring that up again? Because that's essentially the plot of Wonder Woman 1984. It is a retelling of the monkey paw story. And in this case, the the MacGuffin or the monkey paw is an ancient relic. And so we're going to discuss that and that film uh, and the worldview behind it. Because I found it fascinating. I've seen it twice now. Aaron, of course, has never never even seen the original, which you and I both adore and love, right? Yes. Okay. You've seen the film as well, correct? Yes. All right. And... I mean, we spent a lot of 2017 talking about that film because we just could not believe the worldview claims that this movie made, right? Yeah. I mean, it was just, wow, okay? This film I th- tries, I think, to be more topically political, but then in the end, ends up crushing the premise of the very political bent that it seems to be trying to communicate. But we'll get into that. Um, and the quality of the film for Pop Culture Tuesday. Before we get to Aaron's montage, I want to remind you that if you're trying to get uh, healthy this time of year, this is the time of year of New Year's resolutions. I don't know if this is true or not. The guy who leads our worship at church said that according to the data out there, January 12th is the date that most New Year's resolutions fail by. I don't know if that's true, but um, it, it, let me let me try to help you help you okay because built bar i know what you're thinking man oh man i tried this protein bar and it tastes great but uh it destroyed my tummy and i'm paying for it later or okay i I was able to digest this thing and the reason i was able to digest this thing is because it's basically cardboard uh salted with protein and and no one would want to eat this i i know that it can be difficult to not sacrifice taste and enjoyment for nutrition that's why you're going to love Built Bar. You don't have to make that compromise any longer. I haven't gotten it yet, but this is this is now what I have done. I finally found a cult I'm willing to join, the cult of Built Bar. I've now got people tweeting at me or, or emailing me when, when they try new flavors. I've not tried the new cookie dough flavor. It's on its way. So a, a gal sent me a, a, a tweet this morning like, holy buckets was that good. You have never had a protein bar this good, I promise you. You haven't had some candy bars that are this good. Well over 20 flavors, all of them covered in real chocolate, all of them delicious, less than 200 calories, way less than 200 calories, less than 5 grams of sugar, up to 20 grams of protein, less than 5 carbs. So if you're going low fat, you're going low sugar, low carb, whatever you're trying to do, low calorie, Bill Bar's got you covered. Just use my name, Dace, as a promo code at D-E-A-C-E, Promo code DACE to get 20% off your first order at Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com. And then one more thing I want to mention before Aaron's montage. Remember when guys wrote books and you guys, you, you folks out there, you bought them all. 
and made them a lot of money. And they wrote books called Liberal Fascism. And they wrote books called You Will Be Made to Care. Do you guys remember those times? Good times. Well. Yeah, you guys wrote those. Remember, remember the folks that wrote those books? And a lot of you that are watching and listening right now, you went out there and bought all of those books. And now that the stuff that were in their books three, four, five years ago, or in one of these cases, what was it, 10 or 15 years ago when that book came out, right? Um, now all of that stuff that they wrote about in their books and warned about, now that it is all coming true, the individuals that wrote the two books that I actually just cited are happily um, betraying you, uh, introducing the uh, tolerance mob, letting letting the lot uh, the mob outside of Lot's house know exactly where you live and where you tweet and what what information sources you share. Right? They're turning on you. I mean, they, they got what they wanted. You bought all their books. That's what they wanted. Well, you know what? Uh, here's here's what I'm gonna here's my latest book pitch. I actually believe the stuff I write. All right. I, I actually believe this stuff. So my brand new book, still available right now. Amazon.com is the only place I know for sure you can get it. I've had a few people tell me they were able to purchase it and get it delivered via Walmart.com. But you can get your copy right now of my latest book, A Nefarious Carol, the sequel to the book, A Nefarious Plot, which if you want to know what a nefarious plot is about, it's about everything that you're watching take place right now. It just predicted it all five years ago. And, I, and, and it predicted it almost as parody, not really believing it was going to become as true as it did. And, and now here we are. Well, A Nefarious Carol is the sequel to that book. And it brings the battle home to the hearts of each and every one of us as individuals. When we stare into the darkness and then the darkness stares back. When we call out to the darkness and the darkness answers back. What happens next? That's what A Nefarious Carol is about. Get your copy today. We have sold a lot of these already, thanks to each and every one of you. And if you didn't get an autographed copy, we're working with Premier Collectibles to restock because we sold out of every one of those um, autographed copy sales. So we're looking to restock that as well. If you did get a chance to buy the book uh, and read it uh, in the Audible version, which my oldest daughter and I performed, uh, if you liked it, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, if, if maybe this could be your little way of getting back at Jeff Bezos and Amazon for what they did to Parler uh, by promoting a book with an explicitly biblical worldview on their platform and giving it a five-star review. Thank you to all of you that have done that for the book already. And now, without further ado, here, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the more things change, the more things stay the same. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi got grilled by CBS's 60 Minutes on Sunday. What about the COVID relief package yeah. that was held up for eight months? No. But that was their obstruction. I understand this. Well, wait. Yeah. Was there obstruction? Yours too. Was there obstruction? No. Yours yeah. too. Takes no, two it wasn't obstruction. You yeah, held out for eight months. No, no, we held it up. Why haven't you brought young people into the leadership? Because we have. You perhaps don't know. Why does AOC complain that you have not been grooming younger people for leadership? I don't know. You'll have to ask her. Joe Biden says he'll make discrimination on the basis of skin color and sex a top priority in his new administration. Our priority will be black, Latino, Asian and Native American owned small businesses, women owned businesses. 
and finally having equal access to resources needed to reopen and rebuild. Former Secretary of State Colin Powell says, just kidding, nobody cares what he says. On the topic of learning all the wrong lessons and or having no understanding of the Republican base, this from the Washington Examiner. If the GOP wants to score a comeback, its divorce from Trumpism must mean much more than a mere divorce from Trump. Kevin McCarthy must go. Luckily for Republicans, they have an obvious candidate to replace him in Liz Cheney, writes Tiana Lowe. You serious? Checking in on cancel culture, a large group of Antifa militants showed up at the Powell's Bookstore in Portland, Oregon yesterday to protest the store selling independent journalist Andy Noe's new book called Unmasked, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. Ham and mayonnaise. No. Ham and mayonnaise. No, no, no. Ham and The store ended up having to be evacuated as customers and employees were rushed outside through the back entrance. Naturally, Powell's Books announced on Twitter that thanks to the Antifa demonstration, they'd no longer be promoting No's new book on the shelves, calling it abhorrent. GOP megadonor Sheldon Adelson passed away today at the age of 87. In addition to his investments in real estate and political donations, Adelson made nearly $150 million in donations to Birthright Israel, which finances Jewish youth trips to Israel. The deplatformed Twitter alternative Parler is suing Amazon for antitrust violations and breach of contract stemming from Amazon Web Services' termination of Parler from its web hosting servers over the weekend. Speaking of Twitter, their stock price dipped nearly 10% yesterday at the open of trading. This was before German Chancellor Angela Merkel openly questioned the precedent Facebook and Twitter were setting with their banning of Donald Trump from their platforms. French politicians, including Finance Minister Bruno Le Maire, also expressed dismay over the tech giant's actions in the last week, calling them the digital oligarchy. Former Senator Ron Paul announced yesterday that Facebook has blocked him from managing his page without warning. He said he's never received any notice of violating community standards, and the only thing he posted on his page this week was his weekly Texas Straight Talk column. A small internet service provider in northern Idaho called Your T1 Wi-Fi is blocking its users' access to Facebook and Twitter, citing those companies' censorship of our customers and information. Corona fascism pushback Chicago, of all places, is starting to crack down on teachers who refuse to show up for in-person classes as schools resume in the city this week. Chicago Public Schools Chief Executive Officer Janice Jackson announced on Friday teachers who opt to stay home rather than attend Monday's in-person classes will not be paid. In Iowa, a group calling themselves Unmask Iowa gathered in the Capitol building yesterday, you guessed it, without masks to protest the state's continued mask mandate. And finally, corona fascism hypocrisy. Congresswoman Premia Jayapal tweets, I just received a positive COVID-19 test result after being locked down in a secured room at the Capitol where several Republicans not only cruelly refused to wear a mask, but recklessly mocked colleagues and staff who offered them one. Let's check the tape. And there you can see members of Congress. That's Pramila Jayapal. Pramila Jayapal from Washington, correct. (laughs) For those of you listening, what we're watching is a video from inside the House gallery during the aforementioned event. The lady from Washington wasn't wearing a mask the entire time. (laughs) 
And that's what happened while we were away. That montage was cash money, homie. And it was brought to you by our friends over at Home Title Lock. Don't do not get a crash course in home title theft here in 2021. And that's why you need Home Title Lock, because we have this new thing now called cyber crime and cyber thieves know that your home titles are kept online. So they go on there find it, forge your signature on a quick claim deed stating you have sold your home to them. Then they take out loans against your home's equity, uh, stick you with the payments. You sometimes don't find out until late payments notices, even foreclosure notices start showing up. You're not going to be protected by your homeowner's insurance or your mortgage lender, but you can be protected by our friends over at Home Title Lock. And in the unlikely event, that you still become a victim of home title fraud while you're signed up with them. Home Title Lock will spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees to make sure your home's rightful title gets restored to you. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and then use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's the code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. In the overtime today, we're going to get into the death of Sheldon Adelson. Because I think that um, this is a major political story on top of um, his legacy. Um, an incredible, mesmerizing, I mean, inspirational life story. Self-made billionaire. Just the, the epitome of the American dream. But on top of all of that, you're going to see a lot of that today in, in various media circles on the right. But, but I think what, what may be missed is another angle of, of what this means if we're fortunate enough. If we're fortunate enough to keep some form of normalcy that we actually have what we have counted on as Americans every four years in 2024, it, it could very well have a huge impact on that process. And I'm going to explain what that means in the overtime today. Go to over for the overtime. Just go to blaze tv.com slash dace, my last name. We will record it after today's show and then post it up there as soon as we can. If you're a blaze tv subscriber, that's where you can access it. If you're not yet a blaze tv subscriber, that's where you can go to become one. And that's also where you want to go to make sure you keep getting our content because the day is coming. We're not going to leave these platforms. They are going to leave us. I think that's been made as soon as they think they have the political clearance to do it and they can, they can get away with it from a blowback standpoint, they're going to kick us to the curb. So one way to make sure that you are getting our content, go to blaze tv.com slash days. couple of things I want to highlight in Aaron's montage. Actually, you know what? There's one major theme I want to highlight, highlight in Aaron's montage. There's going to be a lot of talk because the Republican party is out of power. There's going to be, well, in Washington, they are across the country. They aren't. They still have a majority of state houses in the country, but um, in Washington, they are. And so there's going to be a lot of talk about um, like the the column in the Washington Examiner. Guys, if the battle is Kevin McCarthy versus Liz Cheney, um, I I, I choose Viking funeral. Okay. In in fact, no, that will be, that will, that will. That will be too slow, all right? Bullet to the head. That, that, I mean, that's the kind of, I mean, just pukish inside baseball, circle jerk crap that folks at various entities get paid to write because they're proxies for elements of the Republican Party that you don't care about, nor should you, all right? I mean, that, that's, which, which, which mold do you want to ingest? Which, which, which canister of mustard gas 
is preferable for you to smell. And that, I mean, that's just a ridiculous fight. But we're going to get a lot of that with Republicans out of power. I think, and maybe this is something that will zig will everybody else zags to some extent. I, I think what will be fascinating is what's going on with the division of power on the Democratic side. Because if you think they're all united over there, they're not. Now, they're, in uni- they're united in hatred of you and me. They're united in, in, in policy, but they are not united politically whatsoever, particularly when you've got a ho- the smallest House majority in over 80 years. The Senate majority comes down to the whims of Kamala Harris's VP vote. And a president that 75% of 75 million Americans don't believe is legitimate, right? There's going to be, and, and you see now, there's angling for power and narrative on their side. You see that with the Leslie Stahl interview, that room, that was, I think that's what Rush calls accidental journalism, correct? <laughs> that was accidental journalism that Leslie Stahl committed there, okay? Um, you saw it yesterday with Jim Cramer going on national television and saying Twitter's stock was plunging because it banned Trump, urging people not to invest in it. There, there, I've re- I was read- there's some stuff today I was, ch- I was reading that Chuck Schumer vows he's not going to let the crazies in the House caucus overrun what they're gonna, how they're going to govern in the Senate. You've got Joe Biden coming, uh, uh, Joe Biden saying, hey, listen, man, uh, we have to govern the country. You guys are going to do another impeachment long after Trump is gone? Can you at least split this thing up? Split your time 50-50 so we can govern. See, they've got, everybody's got their own angle on their side, too. How about Andrew Cuomo yesterday saying, we can't afford to stay locked down until the vaccine penetrates the marketplace. If we stay locked down much longer, it'll cost, the cost will be too high. There won't be anything to reopen. And yet, the problem somebody like him has is that he's not a real Marxist. He's just a political thug. He just wants power. And the longer his state stays locked down, the longer there's more civil unrest like there was in New York City last night from Antifa. That ain't good for Andrew Cuomo. Especially with Trump out of the White House. I can't blame him for all of it now, right? right. All the blame's coming to me. Well, the problem Andrew Cuomo has is the true believer element of, of his base. This is their substitute religion. This is their branch Covidians. This is giving them purpose, meaning. This is their end of days. I mean, it, 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 and they, they, were, they went off on him yesterday on social media for that. Don't get in the way of, of, of uh, my great tribulation. You're already seeing sports announcers, many of them. Boy, I don't remember when Kirk Herbstreet said, I don't, and, and, and I think it was in March. Yep. I don't think we're going to have a season this year, guys. Let's be serious about it. Now, a lot, a, a lot of those people that weren't sure we were going to have a college football season, it at three seconds after that ended last night. Great Man, job, everybody. Great job, everybody. And I really hope we have fans in the stands and this looks normal again in the fall. Won't have Trump to, and not going to have Tricky Dick to pick on anymore, as Richard Nixon once said. You're not going to have Orange Man bad. So who's, the, who's your deflection point 
for why poop ain't getting done. Chicago going out, the city of Chicago, folks, going after the teachers' unions? There's friendly fire, and then there's cutting off your own members, right? That's what the city of Chicago going after the teacher unions is. Because even in Chicago, they're like, all right, man, that was fun. Got rid of Trump. Can I get these brats out of my house? Right? Yeah. And so we're going to be so fixated here on this urination, this urinating contest by this proxy at the Washington Examiner and this urinating contest by this proxy at somewhere else and this urinating contest by this proxy over here on Fox News. All that is a sideshow. The real show to watch is what's going to happen in the Democratic Party because they have to govern the country now. And you have a wing of hard liberals, but still like, I mean, Andrew Cuomo wants to go, wants to sit in the, wants box seats behind home plate at Yankees games again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, he wants to go back to the games. He wants to go watch Hamilton on Broadway again. He does. The problem he's going to have is there's elements within his own base that just want to burn all of this down and then just hide out for a government check forever because they are in one one of two cults, the identity politics cult or the branch Covidian cult. And it's going to be with such slim majority numbers and no tricky dick orange man bad in the White House to blame everything on, unifying them in their in their hatred of the other. It's going to be fascinating to watch them now turn on one another. And I think you're already seeing elements of that. And it will get even worse as the year goes on. More in a moment. Sure, losing your hair is no fun. So let's talk about options uh, first. Uh, you can go to a doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy and try not to go broke as you are trying to avoid going bald. Or you can try Keeps from the comfort of your own home where you're going to get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost. And one more thing you're going to love about Keeps is all that convenience. It's all online. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, which will be shipped directly to your door. And then one more thing. Here's a bonus. Big savings on your first order. Half off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Again, half off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Well, as I mentioned a little while ago, over the course of my time uh, just as an uh, American uh, involved and interested in current events, uh, then as an activist and now working in media, there have been a few columns I've read over the years that have really just stuck with me and uh, I thought to be transformative. And I mentioned um, uh, Anthony Codevilla's piece, The Ruling Class, that he wrote uh, a little over a decade ago that turned out to be very prophetic and prescient. I, I think I read another one of those, and it just so happened to be published by us here at The Blaze. Uh, and the author of that piece joins us now, Jason Whitlock from Outkick. And uh, the column that you wrote, uh, I think it was on Friday, Jason. I mean, uh, I, I thought it was 
I thought you you essentially summed up everything I have tried to say since I started working here in whatever conservative media is for the last 15 years. That's uh, that a lot of times has put me at odds with a lot of people with R's after their names and things of that nature. I tried to warn them because I live in Iowa, not in D.C., not in New York. I tried to warn them, hey, something is coming. People are growing increasingly frustrated. You need to speak to their concerns. Instead, we retreated to our... Uh, uh, you know, think tanks and white papers instead. And now here we are. And I think you captured the moment uh, it, it, eloquently, brilliantly. So first of all, congratulations on a magnum opus there, brother. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and and Steve, obviously, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think we're at a critical time in American history. And if we really want to remain uh, the United States of America, that we're going to have to acknowledge the legitimate concerns of Trump supporters. We can't just write them all off as racist, as Nazis, as sexist, as the deplorables, and their thoughts and, and concerns don't matter. Uh, that's 75 million people that voted for President Trump. And I believe there's a lot more of people that didn't vote for President Trump that are supporters and share the same concerns of a working class segment of America that feels like America has gone off course, that the, the traditional values uh, that made America great are under attack. And these people aren't all racist. And I, hell, I can't I don't know if they're any more racist than the people on the left who are calling them racist. Uh, they are American citizens with legitimate concerns. And if we don't start treating them like human beings, we're going to have a civil war and this country is going to break up. You said something there that I have been warning about for the last year or so on my show, which is if we keep taking away all the peaceable means, and you know, I'm a big sports guy. I think I've told you that before. And um, I, I've used the hockey analogy about how, what, what our elections are supposed to be. The reason there's fighting in hockey is not because people like to watch it on TV. In the original six days, nobody had televisions. They put fighting in hockey because these are grown-ass men with high testosterone levels playing a violent, fast sport. And at any moment, you could get blindsided and the natural masculine human reaction when something like that happens to you particularly when you're carrying a sharpened weapon is to lash out with it and you could slit somebody's throat with that you can maim somebody you could lose your temper and make a mistake with that stick that you regret the rest of your life and the person you did it to can never maybe come back from and so they put fighting in hockey as a release of a pressure valve all right you think you've been wronged drop the gloves go at it and the minute we start seeing blood or one guy's clearly dominating the other the refs come in break it up and then we've we've released the pressure valve everybody takes a deep breath back to the game right that that's what elections were for a long time. Every two, four, or six years, that's where we fought our civil wars. And then when it was done, you realized I'm surrounded by people who have different yard signs than I do and everything else, and we're going to the same schools and rooting for the same teams. You were incentivized to put this stuff away for a while and just enjoy America. And then you could ramp it back up again if you thought your your side lost. And 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 that worked with despite we had, you know, we had upheavals, we've had societal wrongs we've had to correct. But for a long time, 
time, that process kept these urges at bay. And what we're seeing now is the American left in the last two decades has decided to turn politics into a zero-sum game. That you were unpersoned. You're a lesser person. You can't hold a job. You can't have a, a platform if you disagree with me. And for a long time, the right wanted to resist this. But now there's an element of the American right that is rising up and saying, okay, if you want a zero-sum game, then a zero-sum game, I guess it is. And I think that is the precipice we're at right now. Yeah, I think that we're looking at a group of people that feel they have no public voice or they had one single public voice and it was President Trump and he's now being removed from office, uh, voted out in their in their mind and their belief. And I think somewhat justifiably, they feel like in an unfair election, he's been silenced. And so now they have no voice, no one. The establishment Republicans aren't willing to speak up for them. And when you uh, categorize 75 million people as your voice doesn't matter, they're going to go to extreme means. And when you spend an entire summer, virtually all of 2020, showing people images of another group of people rioting, burning down buildings, looting with no repercussions, celebrities offering to pay their bail, uh, media people rationalizing all of this disorder, chaos and anarchy. You're baiting other people that are in disagreement and say, well, well, you know what? We should take things in our own hands. The, the squeaky wheel seems to be getting the oil because the Black Lives Matter crowd uh, and Antifa have created an environment where police officers have been murdered, small businesses and big businesses destroyed, and they're being rewarded with television commercials and athletes and entertainers all uh, seeking to win their approval. And and so the, the other side is like, well, I guess we got to squeak too. Mm. And I guess we have to create some anarchy and chaos in order for people to hear us. This is a failure of the media. It's a failure of mainstream politicians who, in my opinion, have been bought and paid for by big tech and uh, the communist China, the, the, the communist party that runs China. Uh, it's, it's a failure. And, and look, I, I don't want to defend uh, the, the civil disobedience and the criminality at the Capitol. But if you do not listen to people and take them seriously, if you try to write them off as the worst people on the planet solely because you disagree with them, there will be consequences. There's a, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. We have allowed way too much chaos and anarchy without a strong rebuke without any type of punishment, any type of real punishment. And, and so we've legalized this anarchy and, and I don't blame the Trump supporters. I, I blame the media. I blame politicians. I blame this toxic culture that we have allowed to take hold in America. So how do we get out of this? Because I, I think, and I know you've had, um, I, I, maybe renewal is not the right word, but uh, a reaffirmation of your faith in the last couple of years. 
Uh, my faith is important to me. I, I really think there are spiritual elements at play that are trying to lure us into this zero-sum game, trying to, to lure us into this nihilistic end and are, are, are deceiving people into thinking that they can really get total control of the system and, and, and not have to accommodate any opinion that they don't agree with whatsoever. Uh, and there won't be a monkey's paw price to pay for that. Uh, that, that. There won't be a high cost to pay for that. And I'm trying to figure out and game plan with my audience how do we not take the bait but not lay down at the exact same time right so what, what's the path out of this do you think well i mean the only path for those of us that are believers are to lean into our faith and uh we may have to take steps to protect the freedom of speech freedom of religion the freedoms that we have for far too long taken for granted here in America, because those freedoms are under attack. And so I get people's uh, emotional reaction. And, and again, see, when you start talking about how the election process was people's way of solving problems, and now there's no trust in the election process, I, I see there's a hopelessness and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I got to, that's where my faith has become very important because sometimes that hopelessness gets a hold of me and I've been calling friends and like, what do you see? What can we do? The exact same question you're asking me. I've been calling friends of mine and asking that very same question. And I, other, I'm begging politicians the celebrity class, the elite class that has control of all of our institutions. Hey, respect those of us that disagree with you. Treat us as human beings, because if you don't, this thing is going to head a bad direction. Yeah. Our country is going to fall apart. And and we, we just... And so the solution is for for us to start seeing each other as human beings and allowing different ideas and don't be afraid of intellectual engagement and participating in the competition of ideas, because that's what the big tech, we're seeing them silence ideas and opinions and thoughts that they disagree with. I, 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 I prayer uh, is is one suggestion I would give, but, you know, standing firm in your beliefs, uh, we have to do that. And those of us that have a platform like yourself, uh, we got to be steadfast in speaking out and defending people that have been defined as indefensible. One of the things, and I'll let you go with this, that, that I've talked to my audience about for many years is Letter from a Birmingham Jail. I've done numerous shows on it. Uh, as a as as really, what is power under control? Meekness. What does that look like, right? How do you stand up to injustices? Now, I'm not comparing uh, losing a Twitter account um, to uh, you know what went on with the bus boycotts in Alabama, but the principles that are articulated. In, in there that to go back to tradition and church history uh american history i mean he, he quotes uh, blackstone as well as aquinas augustine etc I, I i have been trying to encourage our audience here on this show that 
there's 15 steps we can take before, okay, I guess we just get our guns then. That to me, that's that's the failure. If if we if we go from where we're at now to that, then we fail too. Because there's 15 steps to take before we walk into that uh, abyss. And one of them is we just refuse to comply with things that God clearly says are wrong. We completely refuse to comply with things the Constitution says are not constitutional. You don't get to shut my business down. You don't get to make me wear a, a Chinese face diaper forever with that, 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 that every time we try these mandates, the, the cases go up everywhere we try them. We're not, we're, we're just, and we're not angry. We're just Americans and we're not doing this anymore. And maybe you can throw one or two of us in jail, but you can't throw us all in jail. And so we're just going to no longer comply with this. We're going to go back to the founding principle of government by the consent of the governed. And we no longer consent to these things. What are your thoughts about that? I think those are a great suggestion. And and by asking the question, you made me think harder about, well, what suggestion would I give to people? And, and this I'm just thinking of this in the moment, Steve, and and, you know, you and your audience can, can debate it after I'm gone. I think people should move. And I'm talking about, if you live in California, if you live in these states, New York, that are so repressed, move to Texas, move to Tennessee, move, take your economic dollars to states that are more in line with the Constitution and with your beliefs, mm-hmm. your, your spiritual, religious, Christian beliefs, move to states that are more in line with that. Make California and New York, these coastal elites, feel the economic pain mm-hmm. of their decisions. Maybe that's a solution. If we all gather, I, again, if we all gather up in Texas and Tennessee and other red states, uh, there's a there's strength in numbers, and and it, it sounds crazy, but uh, you know let's do that before we grab the guns and <laughs> and and go to war. Go move to other states. Move, move to states that are more in line with your values. I'm so glad I left California, and there's some wonderful people in California that I I certainly miss, but I'm glad I got out of there. Jason, really appreciate your work. And again, I, I, I'm out of words to describe how good that piece was uh, that you wrote for us here at The Blaze. God bless you, man, for the work you're doing. And uh, we love talking to you every time we get a chance. All right, take care. Thank you, Steve. You bet. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that conversation? Well, in real time, he was working through it, but he landed right on one of the first uh, really good suggestions that should uh, people should have. Vote, vote with your feet. And right down quick, if you don't have a, uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean move states, that's one thing, but like I said, I, I have all kinds of control as a parent in the school district I put my kids in that I wouldn't if I just lived five miles in a different direction. You have options. And you are in a position where you can't kid yourself anymore about whether or not you need to use them. Yeah, I would say moving is is a good idea. Uh, just try to dissuade your neighbor with the in this house we believe in yard signs uh, from moving as well before you actually make the move. Do your best to do that. Um, but this is um, this is a time in America where I, I think introspection to some degree is warranted we got into that a little bit yesterday and you warned about that a little bit ago steve with you know if it gets to the point that we don't want it to get to 
That is a failure. Right? That's a system failure. Something went wrong along the way. But more, uh, but more important than that, while it is an option, as Todd said, vote with your feet, speak up. Do not give in to despair at all. You cannot win if that's your mindset at all. Fake news or not, coming your way next. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Again, you can let us know what you think about what we think. Email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Uh, attempt to interact with us on Facebook. Good luck with that. Uh, you can also try us, though, on the new Facebook alternative, MeWe. That page has grown quite a bit the last few weeks, so you can look us up there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show, where it appears every time someone follows me, I lose a follower. Um, I'm apparently, though, not as hated as Scott Atlas, which upsets me. He has lost more Twitter followers than me, but I'm down at least 10,000 since... Uh, this weekend, but hey, um, I saw he deleted his account, or he got he got purged from Twitter. Did he? You, you, you thought he did all together? Yeah, because the uh, tweet that you responded to uh, it said the the account uh, no longer existed. So it did really. Yeah. So either he deleted it or he got purged as oh. of this morning. Wow. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, they're coming for us all. So we're just going to give you these platforms as long as we can remain on them. Okay. I've, I tried Gab, which is an alternative to Twitter uh, and Parler uh, and owns its own servers. I, I just, I can't get on a website, man. I've tried for three days, dozens of times, and eventually I just have to move on with my life. So God bless those folks. It's just not, it's not meant for me to be on your platform, apparently. Uh, there is a new Twitter alternative called Clout Hub that is starting. I did sign up there under Steve Dace, if you want to check that out at DEA. CE. Also, if you're a podcast listener, if you wouldn't mind uh, leaving us, who knows how much longer those will be permitted. Uh, you can, for now anyway, leave us a five-star review, hit that subscribe button for us. The more of those that uh, do that, well, that was the old, uh, the old way. Can you tell? I don't really know what is true. I don't know. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. So just, I guess... Subscribe and leave us a five star review while you while you still can. I guess I don't. I don't. Okay. Um, feels like we're questionable on the injury report every day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's like you, I just get up in the morning and I'm like, all right, can I actually access my Twitter feed? No. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess we're playing today. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like, right? Um, that's why you want to make sure you're subscribed to Blaze TV. That is one way just to get our content directly from us. That you know it's always going to be there. And you get a discounted subscription today at blazetv.com slash dace. And in the overtime today that we do exclusively for Blaze TV listeners, or viewers, I should say, we're going to be discussing the story uh, and the death today of Sheldon Adelson. Um, Just a, a uniquely American success story. But why it could potentially, if we're fortunate enough to keep this thing together for the next few years, why it could have huge impact on 2024 and also on any prospects that Donald Trump thinks he may have 
of running for president again four years from now. We'll get into that today in the overtime at blazetv.com slash Dace. We'll stick around right after the show today and record it. And then for our Blaze TV subscribers, that's where you'll be able to go in order to watch it. Fake news or not, brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Have you ever wondered what makes Omaha Steaks so darn good? Uh, It's that aging process, man. Uh, They age their steaks at least 21 days because that's the sweet spot. And that is where the magic happens. And you can try right now. The mouth-watering steaks at Omaha Steaks with their Butcher's Best Sellers Grill Pack. It includes four of their iconic fork tender Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons, four ultra-juicy burgers, four savory pork chops, desserts, and so much more. If you want to give this one a shot, go to omahasteaks.com, enter my name, Dace, into the search bar for a special price on the Butcher's Best Sellers Package. Plus, you're going to get four more chicken breasts and four more of those delicious burgers for free if you do that. That's a lot of meat when you drop Dace, D-E-A-C-E, over at omahasteaks.com. Again, You want to type my name, Dace, into the search bar to get that special deal on the Butcher's Best Seller Pack at omahasteaks.com. 100% money-back guarantee if you don't like it, because they know you're going to like it. You're going to like it a lot. All right? Omaha Steaks, just like it sounds. omahasteaks.com. Use the promo code Dace to get that incredible cornucopia, carnivore cornucopia, we should say. All right. Fake news or not, a little over seven years ago, now our colleague here at Blaze TV, Phil Robertson, who's been on our show a few times, um, he was the anchor of what, by some measurements, was the number one show in America at the time, Duck Dynasty. It was them and The Walking Dead. AMC had like the number one and number two shows in the country for a while. And they were averaging somewhere between 12 to 14 million viewers per episode. At the show's apex, Phil gave an interview with GQ. And in the course of this interview with GQ magazine, which to me, the fact that saying this to the audience at GQ, I mean, I... I mean, that, that used to be Apex Predator magazine, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that used to be, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, that used to be, I guess, our version of a Vogue, maybe, right? No, well, okay. that's okay. close as that, anything that, else. Is that yeah. close? Okay. Well, apparently, telling Gentleman's Quarterly magazine that dudes like chicks... And chicks like dudes, because that's essentially what he said. That that was it. This caused a f- national furor. Uh, A&E's being told you got to cancel this show. Uh, their uh, Cracker Barrels, one of their their big endorsements, it's removing their products. You want to talk, by the way, about not reading a room, okay? <laughs> Yeah, I mean we've we've talked a lot the last about the lack of self awareness in this country for the last couple of years, right? Not reading a room. Whoever at Cracker Barrel thought, yeah, I think our people want to trip the light fantastic with chartreuse glitter bombs and not get Duck Dynasty gear. Who in their right mind 
If you guys ever visited one of your restaurants, do you, have you ever been there? Have you, do you know who your clientele even is, right? Okay. But Cracker Barrel made a big stink about getting rid of their stuff for a while until the blowback got too uh, big and they brought it back. But this became a, a huge thing. It was kind of the proto version of what we have, you know, almost daily in America now, cancel culture. Now, we didn't call it cancel culture back then. It was just kind of referred to as the mob. And social media mobs were in their infancy. I mean, back then, Twitter was still claiming to be a free speech platform. <laughs> All right. Um, and USA Today was still claiming to be a newspaper. The deputy op-ed page editor at USA Today, who's still there, by the way, Dave Mastio is his name. And I like Dave. And Dave was always good to me. And I just, I think Dave's a good dude who is another in a graveyard of people who have, who have permitted to let Donald Trump lose them their damn minds. I, I just don't know how else to put it. And it's interesting, too. I, I went through Dave's Twitter feed the other day. I hadn't done it in years. I went through Dave's Twitter feed the other day, and it's funny. Like 50% of it is a bunch of stuff like we would all, agree, all three of us would agree with, right? And then the other 50% is literally Mother Jones and Box. It's, it's just as, I, I, I live every day. I'm married to somebody who struggles with bipolar. I'm quite familiar with it. That's what this is. It's, bi, it's bipolar. I mean, it's funny because we know people like Bill Crystal and others that like have abandoned their previous positions on issues in order to maintain their 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 orange man bad right yes we've chronicled that okay I think of somebody that we once the OG crew when we started conservative review was me Gaston Daniel Rob uh, Rachel uh, who works uh, in D.C. now and another young lady we we started this thing called conservative review together. And she came like right out of Ted Cruz's office. I love her to death. She came right out of Ted Cruz's office. And now, you know, you hear her talk and it's like she's essentially been media matters her entire life. She's moved her. She, she could not find a place where she could hate Trump. And hey, in her defense, if, if one of Donald Trump's proxies was running stuff in one of his gossip mags that threatened my marriage... I'd, I'd probably take that pretty pretty seriously, right? Indeed. Indeed. But she she just couldn't get to a place where she could hate Trump for that, but then maintain her principles at the exact same time, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mastio, when I looked at his Twitter feed, seemed like the rare person I have found that actually has been able to do this. Because like half of his feed was like, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And the other half of his feed's like, what? what is this? What am I looking at? What am I reading right now? Okay. I mean, he thought, he didn't think that last Tuesday was Kristallnacht. He thought that was the 14th Kristallnacht, okay? That kind of stuff. It's just, it's bipolar. And so Dave was my editor when I was a contributor at USA Today. He actually brought me into USA Today. He recruited me. And he called me up one day, right before Christmas, when this was all going on, in fact, I was on my, I was just starting my annual Christmas vacation. I was off of work. And he called me up and said, hey, we got to get on something right away. I said, well, I didn't even know about the story. I didn't even know what was going on. Okay. And 
he told me what had happened and said, you, you need to be, you're the guy to write this piece. But we got to lay a marker down right now that this kind of stuff can't happen. This is, we cannot do this politically in America. And at the time, USA Today was the most read newspaper in the country. I don't know if it still is or not. Who knows? Okay. And it, it kind of feels like the title of most read newspaper in the country, given the newspaper industry, is kind of like being the one-legged man at an ass-kicking contest. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. Yeah. In the, in, the, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? Okay. Um, so I got to work on this right away, sent the column over, and they, they published it as is. Didn't edit a word. This column, which was originally published on December 19th, 2013, ended up becoming the second most shared column of the year at USA Today, the most read newspaper in the country at the time. Its second most shared column of the year, even though it wasn't released until the week before Christmas. The number one most shared column of the year, as I mentioned earlier, was Kirsten Powers, who wrote a piece, a former Clinton administration official. She had a Christian conversion, uh, went to work at Fox News, where she was a liberal there, but not one that hated you, right? And she wrote a piece in April of that year, excoriating the media for ignoring the Kermit Gosnell story. That was the number one most shared column of the year at USA Today. My column written about eight months later, with one week to go before the end of the year, was number two. I'm going to read this column. Now, it's USA Today, you know, kind of the McPaper kind of thing, right? So it isn't that long, right? I'm going to read this column for fake news or not. And then we're going to discuss, would a single major newspaper in America publish this column today, let alone USA Today? Ready? Go. A nation founded by pilgrims who came here to worship the God of the Bible freely without interference and persecution from ruling elites and those opposed to Christianity's influence on the culture has now come to the proverbial fork in the road. After years of attempting to balance traditional Americana with political correctness, those pushing the new my way or the highway definition of tolerance had decided accommodating our differences of opinion is defeat. Irrefutable history documents that the Bible and its teachings were the biggest influence on those that founded the freest and most prosperous nation in human history. Yet nowadays, if you believe that same Bible is true, you will either silence your beliefs or you will be silenced. Just ask Phil Robertson, one of the stars of Duck Dynasty, among the most successful shows on TV. In an interview with GQ, Robertson plainly repeated simple truths that are fundamental to Western civilization. The Bible calls all sexual activity outside of holy matrimony sin and immoral, and it's natural for a man to be attracted to a woman. You know, the birds and the bees. For that, the tolerance mob demanded his head on a platter, and the wannabe King Herods that work at A&E, the network that made untold millions off of Robertson's enormous popularity, gladly obliged. We have now come to the point that pop culture would rather bow at the altar of rabid political correctness than make a profit. Or if we have now, or when we have now come to the point that pop culture would rather bow at the altar of rabid political correctness than make a profit, then we have reached a point of no return as a people. 
especially in an era when government believes it has the power to compel a Christian baker to make wedding cakes for homosexuals, compel a Christian photographer to photograph a homosexual union in a state that doesn't even recognize them, and tell a Christian company it has to provide birth control to its employees in violation of its own of its owner's moral conscience. We have reached the point where government believes it gets to play God. Let the record show which side of this debate is pushing their agenda on everyone else and using the coercive force of government and bullying tactics in the media and pop culture to do so. It is not the Christians. The sad truth is most American Christians would prefer to leave, their, leave people in their sin provided Christians are left alone in turn. For Christians, that is total disobedience to the gospel. That's why the culture is at this point in the first place. The American church has too often been plagued by scandal, or has scandalously pursued money and fame more than the healing of a lost and broken world. However, the message of Christmas is that God was not content to leave the world drowning in its sins, so he gave his son, born humbly in a manger, to become God with us, and that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that through him the world may be saved. That's John 317. How we end the show every day. Yet those preaching the new tolerance of unconditional surrender and nothing less are dragging Christians who don't have the courage of Phil Robertson kicking and screaming into the debate. They're also demanding those of a more libertarian or live and let live mindset choose a side when they would rather abstain for neutrality is no longer an option, as Ron Paul just found out with his Facebook page. This is a movement that would like to change our national motto from in God we trust to you will be made to care. Back to that proverbial fork in the road. One sign says liberty. The other sign says political correctness. Every individual American and every American institution will have to choose one or the other. We can no longer have both. And the truth is we never really could. It was always going to end this way. We just didn't want to believe it. Wrote those words for USA Today at its request, by the way, on December 19th, 2013, in response to the Duck Dynasty controversy at the time. A little over seven years later, with this column run, as it is written right now, not just in USA Today, but any major newspaper in this country, anywhere. Gentlemen, your thoughts. <laughs> By you, too? I mean, I guess I didn't think about but, that. Uh, the answer to that is no. But but I want to make it a little bit more, because I think that's obvious. On this day, I a month from now, two weeks from now, uh, because we know one of the favorite, I've seen it with my own eyes uh, when I did work at the Des Moines Register. They, they will hold a place that they wheel you you joked about it earlier with c-span about new year's yes it's not quite like that but they hold a place where they just kind of wheel you out dust you off plug yeah, you once in. a year c-span yeah. decides all right new year's day early in the morning washington journal give that day sky yes. 10 minutes check that box and move on that's all but, america can handle yes that's kind of cute and adorable but there i, I want to offer a yes that's a, far more ominous than that you know, after we we move forward a month or two months, and we we see what level of orange man bad is behind us or not, the the really tragic thing about all of this is that the, and you alluded it today. 
you've mentioned it several times. You actually remembered it this uh, this column by bringing up you will be made to care. You talked about Kirsten Powers. We've talked about uh, 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 David French, and we've talked about Jonah Goldberg. The real tragedy is th- those people are currently doing it, and they will. They'll they'll write a column that in many ways addresses something like you're talking about and sounds pretty close to that. And they will be run. You won't be run saying Mm -hmm. it. Like you said, you just talked about it at the beginning. Because they're controlled controlled or approved opposition. They know that they aren't a threat. They're not a threat, yes. That's... How, I don't think we should lie to ourselves. Like, they're, no they're, way, no way. They yeah. won't do it. But for them, because they bent the knee, they willingly yes. played their role. They are part of the grift. Yep. They're the Tokyo Rose. They're yes. the come hither. They are the uh, the, the neighborhood strawberry. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 this is the trick they turn. Right? And this is why. Which I've, is to, yes. to give them some cover. No, see, we've got blankety yeah. blank and blankety blank. But they are controlled opposition is what they are. Yeah. And so you have. This is why I'm so persistent. Apparatchiks. In pointing out consistently, and I do it the same way to make sure you're the same tone. And it's it's not because it's a one-trick phone. It's so important you understand because they are gifted enough writers and they're they're capable of writing that yarn in a Hallmarkian way that will soon you in. And if all you want is peace and tranquility and we're kind of like, uh, you, 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 there's still people that come to me like, uh, when did they say that? You will be seduced by that if you do not understand. Uh, and that's why I'm so glad you brought this up. There is going to be something uh, that very much has the aspect of the whitewashed tomb. It sounds kind of pretty and Jesus-y, but when it had its chance to really act at the time of calvary they were nowhere to be found they they were the ones casting lots the answer to the question that you posed steve of course is absolutely not because ever since the end of uh, 2016 excuse me ever since the end of 2016 it's time to punch a Nazi, and you don't get to have a voice if you have any other opinion other than the um, progressive-approved one, and increasingly so. I mean, just look at the last week. So, of course, for that reason alone, no. I, I think, I, I think what's going on here as well to hit on what Todd said. It's not just the left, but it's it's the right as well. What changed in the last four years? We had a guy named Donald Trump, who was our president, really breaking some some new ground here. What drove both sides nuts, I believe, about Donald Trump is that there really wasn't anything fundamentally different, fundamentally obscene, necessarily, about Donald Trump when faced up against the the rest of of the political class, those in the White House over the last 20, 30, 40 years. The difference was this. If you're on the left, you saw Donald Trump. He didn't just cower when you would attack him. He would fight back, sometimes with lies, but he would fight back. He wouldn't just take it lying down, unlike uh, like every other Republican. He wouldn't just take it down, and that's what drove you nuts. Mm-hmm. On the right, 
you saw Donald Trump would lie to get what he wants, lie to uh, necessarily inspire, do things that just made you feel uncomfortable. But really, really ticked you off about that is because you knew that George Bush lied. He was a liar. Mitt Romney, boy, he was making flip-flopping cool before I was even born. John McCain, same thing. He knew, everybody knew that John McCain uh, was, was a liar as well. Stabbed us in the back multiple times. What I'm getting at here, Trump had all the same foibles of the ruling political class. All the same foibles. He was just not as nice or slick about them. Just not nice or slick about them at all. And, of course, the one thing, the biggest thing, is that he actually, at least, at the very least, pretended to like people like you and me and tried to court us. And that's what drove everybody nuts. That's what drove everybody absolutely bananas. And that's why we have the environment we have today. It's not because, fundamentally, Trump is different. It's because... Character-wise, he's actually the same. It's just that he didn't he he wasn't quite as whitewashed of a tomb, <laughs> to put it that way, as the rest of the ruling class. And so that pulled a lot of people's pants down. And that's why you couldn't write a column like this. That's why if you actually did, the people that we've been talking about today, that Trump that Todd just mentioned, they would actually quote tweet you and say, uh, "This is this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. We can't let uh, day, we can't take day seriously because this, this, and this." That, that, that's fundamentally the difference. Is that Trump pulled a lot of people's pants down? What have we talked about Trump before? He's the great revealer. Mm-hmm. That's what it. That, that's the environment that we're in right now. He's the most revealing from a well. From a, a human standpoint, he's the most revealing force, I think, perhaps, in the entire history of American politics. I don't, I don't know if one person has been the impetus at any point in time in our history as a people. Can you think of one person being the impetus for so many people to, to just expose themselves i've never i I can't recall anything like you want to talk a cosmic convergence of topics because you're describing the movie we're going to talk about next he is basically that mesopotamian idol or whatever that people are with yeah it yeah that's basically what happened here's the other thing too I, i i'm surprised neither one of you brought this angle of it up would a single regardless of what i said or how i said it would a single major American newspaper run a column where I used the word homosexual? Probably not. I mean, yeah, I mean, between now and then, what's happened on the tranny front is mm-hmm. legion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. now the answer is no. Yeah, I would say, I would say no. I mean, what else would you say? Or can you just not say it now? Same sex, gay, Uh, whatever the acceptable nomenclature. You can see when I wrote this piece, I didn't accept the premise of any of the arguments at that time. None of them. Um, I had actually, I was actually getting ready for Rules for Patriots to come out. Uh, It was coming, we were going to release it at CPAC in a couple of, in February. When, uh, so... I was already deploying, you know, the Ten Commandments that were about to be released. I was already deploying those. But um, that's why 
the rate of deceleration here has rapidly increased. And that's why I'm not doing right now what I did when Romney lost in 2012 or um, McCain lost in 2008, where given where I live and what I do for a living, like the very next day, we were already ready to go, right? Let's let's start the caucus cycle up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I, um, first of all, I don't know, have another Iowa caucus cycle in me. I probably shouldn't say that. Out yes, loud. you not, do. That's oh, not, come on. You know you want it, Steve. That's not probably good for business, man. But the last one damn near killed. And that damn near wrecked me. Um, but um, the other thing is, I don't, I don't, I'm not making plans for four years from now. I, I think the next six months are vital. I love that. You do Thank like you. that. Of course. We're going to go into the overtime and talk about four years from now. Right after this. <laughs> yes, but that's because of an event that happened. Yes. A news event that happened today. Yeah. But um, I, I do think, back to what I said at the top of the show, I think that Democrat infighting may actually be what maintains some semblance of normalcy. You know what I'm saying? Meaning their various factions and personalities especially because even though their guy won the presidency, they all know too. As I like to say, he ain't buying green bananas, right? You know, they, they know that. They know that at any point in time, he's James Garfield, Zachary Taylor. They know this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're already angling and everything else for who's going to control this. It's the, it's, you know, it's the Seleucids versus the Ptolemies and stuff after Alexander the Great passed away. Right. You know I mean? They're all already vying out in the open. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, Ray Cribs and J and JR and Bobby. I mean, we haven't recovered Jock's body from the Amazon yet. And we're already, they're already vying for control of Ewing oil. Right. Okay. That last three minutes was an Epicurean delight right there. Did you, you like that? You were riffing. I still got it every now and then. Every now and then you still got it. All right. Pop Culture Tuesday is next. Back here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Going to switch gears to Pop Culture Tuesday. Going to talk about Wonder Woman 1984, which means, spoiler alert, if you've not yet seen the movie and you don't want the film to be spoiled for you, there's no way we can have this conversation without doing so. So if you do not want the film to be spoiled for you, you've got about a minute here while I talk about realestateagentsitrust.com to find something else uh, to replace us so we don't spoil the movie for you. And I'm going to assume when we're done talking about realestateagentsitrust.com that those that are still here hanging around are totally fine with what we're going to do next. All right. So if you're looking at getting into the real estate market, that is always one of the more stressful things that you can ever do, right? A home is one of the most important, maybe the most important investment you ever make in your life. 
Then if you're trying to buy one or sell one or you're doing the buy and sell, I've done that before too. Man, make sure you've got a real estate agent that you can trust. Where would you find such a person? Well, the name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That is a company and website that our colleague Glenn Beck and some of his associates started a few years ago because they kept running into real estate agents that talked a good game, but then didn't deliver the promised results when they were needed the most. And they didn't want that to happen to you and me. So they started this website with a referral service. All the agents everywhere around the country. All of their track records of success have been vetted. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listed. So no matter where you're moving to, well, I shouldn't say everywhere. There's probably somewhere you could go. We can't help you. But for the most part, anywhere you're moving to, let us help you find an agent you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right. I guess Aaron is sitting this one out because he still hasn't seen the first Wonder Woman yet, which I'm just amazed by. I mean, you and I think it's one of the better superhero movies yeah. And of, of modern, of, of the recent vintage, right? Absolutely. Yes. It has some extremely powerful worldview um, statements that it makes as well. And I mean, we probably did how many shows where it was referenced or discussed in 2017 when the movie came out, right? Messages, scenes, I think in terms of the tie that binds a superhero to the humanity, uh, we know how well that's been done in some Supermero, uh, in Superman movies, which you love, yep, yep. but the, the scene when, and we've talked about it, when Wonder Woman goes into no man's land. And she can't go all the way and she needs compliment, just, a compl- she needs a compliment. Uh, Right. It's I mean, it preaches perfect. complementarianism. It it preaches um, uh, redemption, uh, salvation via redemption, redemptive sacrifice. Yeah. Right. OK. I mean, uh, that Zeus made women to be a helper to man. So it, it preaches oh. complementarianism throughout the film. And we often would, we, the reason we brought this up so often in 2017 is because it was such a hit film, but we were like, who is this Patty Jenkins? Does yeah. she did she know what she was doing? Right. Because it's preaching loudly. Can it can it can it be that loud and just be accidental? You know, can you just stumble in to that much meta? Maybe you can stumble into a meta. Can you just stumble into that much meta because the film is a homily all the way through, right? Yeah. Okay. So this film, Wonder Woman 1984, has been delayed. It was originally supposed to come out last Christmas. They delayed it because they didn't want to run up against Star Wars. Turns out that maybe they should have gone ahead and picked that fight. (laughs) They might have won. Okay. So then they decided, let's get out of the way of Star Wars. Let's put it out June 1, because that was when the first movie came out. And we'll do it next summer. And then, of course, COVID hit. And then it was going to come out in October. Got delayed again because of COVID. And then there was some talk that it wouldn't come out on Christmas. And then Warner Brothers just made the decision. We're done navigating COVID. We're just going to put all of our movies in the theaters that are open. Right now, about 60% of American theaters are not opened. So we're just going to put the, the the movies, our movies, and as many theaters are opened, and we've got a new stream service, HBO Max, subscribe and get the movies, okay? And Wonder Woman 1984 is the pilot program for this. It was the first time that they did it. I've seen the movie twice. Now, let's talk I, briefly in the movies, nowhere near as good as the first film. I don't think it's as terrible as many people are talking about, all right? But I, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as the first film. And frankly, with the amount of time that they had to go back and re-edit things and given all the delays, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't 
firm it up a little bit more, if you know what I'm trying to say, with the ample time that they had, okay? It, it's clear from a stylistic perspective, and then the heroine, the hero is stripped of his powers for love. Um, uh, that's just, it's, 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 it's an homage to Superman 2. Right, she is she is stripped of her immortality for love, just as Clark gives up his powers for love for mm-hmm. Lois. Right, um, even the the scene where uh, she picks she she comes back at the guy who's the bully is reminiscent of what Clark does yeah. at the end of Superman two. The, the movie is very very reminiscent of Superman two, um, but it's a combination of Superman two and a very famous. British short story called The Monkey's Paw. And this was written uh, in the early, really early, like right after the turn of the century. Um, And the Monkey Paw story is the the Monkey's Paw, like Aladdin Aladdin and the the, the genie and the lamp. The Monkey's Paw grants everybody three wishes. But the cost, right out of a Twilight Zone episode or The Devil and Daniel Webster, the, 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 the reverb on getting those wishes granted, messing with fate, the cost is high. Okay, and so they 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 kind of build this as Cheetah was the main villain, and Cheetah is the arch enemy of Wonder Woman from the comic books, but she's really not. She is a villain. She plays a major part in the film, but she's the she's a, she's a sideshow in the film. Um, the main villain is a character out of DC Comics named Maxwell Lord, who in the comics originally is an ally of the Justice League, and then you find out later that he's just been. Uh, getting in close with them because he's got the power of mental manipulation and he can essentially mind control them. He's kind of a, a B, a, the JV version of Lex Luthor in the, in DC comics, megalomaniac businessman, etc. And he's portrayed by uh, Pedro Pascal from the Mandalorian fame, who in the beginning of the film, I can't tell if he's that bad or that good. You know what I'm saying? The character is so cheesy and over the top I'm trying, I can't figure out if this is Pascal just had a really couple of bad months acting or if he's like nailing this, if he's sticking the landing on this kind of 80s schmaltz, right? The latter is true. I think it's the latter. Okay. Um, The ending of the film, and it just takes too long to get there, and it lacks some of the compelling intermediary scenes that the first movie had, like the No Man's Land scene that you mentioned. There's nothing that even comes close to that in this film. I actually think the last, the, the climax of the film is very good. I, and, I, and I love the message it was trying to convey at the end. But the cost of getting, or the, the, the not the cost, the, the time spent getting there is not as enjoyable well, as it is in the first film. And that moment at the end should have had way more weight but it doesn't. It just simply doesn't because of the problem of getting there. I think of this in a couple of different ways. There's the Star Wars prequels and then there's the the J.J. Abrams Ray movies. The Star Wars prequels, great idea. We know the story for years leading up to it. There's nothing wrong with what it's about, but the execution was terrible. The Ray story is the opposite is true. The story is just trash. But as you, you've brilliant, beautiful execution. Mm-hmm. It's 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 good to look at. The problem with this one is the about uh, the prequels. There's there's a really good story there. Actually, there's such a good story there that even Patty Jenkins, who got it the first time, I don't I don't think she got it, which is why Maxwell Lord is can 
campy. There, it was not given enough weight to sell through that. There really weren't any. There, you mentioned the two that are supposed to be the villains. Neither one is really a villain. They're both painted as victims. Yes. He at the end is like, I'm, you know, yep. that reunion with his son. I'm sorry, I made mistakes. Yep. There's, there's no baddie in this movie, which is what you, something you've pointed out in your least favorite Marvel movies is problematic. I mean, it doesn't really deal with the weight of how evil manipulates this whole movie is just kind of a accident and so the it, it's, there are random occurrences in the film the scene in the mall at the beginning and then she throws in i don't like guns right when the when the brit when the uh, when the emir the oil bear the oil tycoon emir uh the wish that he wants is for the uh the pagans and the infidels to be driven from his land and for it to be essentially a you know an islamist uh, a, a pure Islamist caliphate mm-hmm. paradise. What come? What is brought up in order to enforce that? Giant wall is brought up in order to make that occur. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. It, the film tries to make several political statements. In, and 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 Patty Jenkins, by the way, has been pretty adamant that Pedro Pascal's Maxwell Lord is not based on Donald Trump, despite claims. And I can see why, because the, the character is kind of redeemed at the end, where if it was based on Donald Trump, they just would have done the bromide and trope of he's the villain all the way through. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, when you get to the end of the film. There's, it's very cleverly done at the end of the film where Maxwell Lord now has this this ancient relic that's a monkey's paw that grants wishes. But since it comes from the Greek, it was it was forged by the Greek god version of a Loki, right? So Thor um, and 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 in the Marvel comics, a lot of that's based off of Norse mythology. Wonder Woman, because Thor's every remember I've told you guys before, almost everything that Stan Lee created in Marvel is a derivative of DC. So, so Thor is the Wonder Woman of Marvel, just gender swapped. And instead of Greek mythology, it's Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. All right. And so the, 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 the trickster God of Greek mythology, their version of a Loki forged this relic and it's been making its way kind of like the, uh, the sword that struck Christ. What, it, what is that sword of destiny? And that's what Hitler was after when he was digging through Egypt in the 30s, right? Because it's gone through, by legend, how many rulers mm-hmm. that were that dominated the world owned this sword or something, right? And so this relic has made its way through cultures, but it's 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 a it's a it's a negative MacGuffin. When it shows up in your culture, your culture's doomed. It's dead. Because and the, but he, but the reason why is because when you, we are all given what we want. Human nature is fully, is fully unleashed. Which means human nature is not basically good. Because if we gave human nature whatever we wanted, it, whatever it wanted without any filter, shouldn't that be utopia? Yeah. That should be utopia, yeah. right? Well, that- Instead, every time this relic gives human nature whatever it wants, unleashed, unfiltered, unfettered, un- unhindered, human nature ends up imploding the culture when that happens when it's fully fully let go of and you're you're describing the most powerful 
scene in the movie yes to me it's when chaos on the streets is going yep. on and she's finally talking with chris pine steve at that pillar and says i can't let you go again and he says i was never really back yep. and she finally has the moment where she realizes what you said yep. and she just turns around and walk and he's behind the pillar and it's he's gone now yep. and when she starts sprinting and yep. she has her power back yep. it made that point it was a beautiful he, she piece let go of an idol yes it was beautiful the, 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 this film is a condemnation again i don't know yeah. if patty jenkins understands yeah. this or not yeah. because it, it clearly mm. gives some tips of the cap to popular democrat uh, political tropes of this time period right mm -hmm. of the time not the time period of the movie the time period we're in right mm -hmm. now it does that okay it even takes somewhat of a shot at Reagan when Maxwell Lord shows up in the Reagan White House. That's again right out of Superman Two, where the mm -hmm. president is co-opted yeah. by Zod. Yeah. Okay, so she shows up in the in the White House, co-ops the president. What's your wish? And and Reagan is portrayed as a man of faith, but but so afraid of the Soviet Union that he'll and, and what it will do to us that he will then instigate a nuclear war by answering the bell, answering their charge. That was the that was the Democrat talking point of the nineteen. 80s. That Reagan, by standing up to the Soviets, that was going to cause a nuclear war, not the other way around. That peace through strength was a fallacy, right? Mm -hmm. And so he grants him all the nu all the nuclear weapons that he wants, right? And so it, 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 it give it checks all of these Democrat talking points all the way through the film. But when we get to the end of the film, the two scenes that one of them are what you just talked about. All right. The wishes are your idols, your idolatries. Will you get rid of your idolatries? All right. And so her pining away for Steve Trevor and him dying in World War One was holding her back. It was she a wouldn't flat let go earth. of this idol. Yeah, it was a flat she, earth. Yeah, she had to let go of the idol. And the rest of us had to let go of our idols as well. And then at the end, the fact that what is the basis of all really left America political policy? Desire policy by desire i want these things to be true even if they're not i want i i want this you have something i want it's not fair i want it it can't be that i'm just not good enough for a job i must be a victim everything that the left really politicizes is a political manifestation of desire it's politics by desire and at the end of the film when Maxwell Lord ties, uses the Star Wars system, basically, the SDI of the 80s, to tie into all every television set in America mm -hmm. and get all of their wishes. Wonder Woman gives a sermon, basically. Yeah. He thinks she's talking to him. She's not. She's actually talking to the world through the technology yeah. that he is attempting to co-opt. Yeah. And what is her sermon? Put down your idols. Your desires aren't basically good. Your desires are destroying this place. Living by desire instead of truth. When you ask most of us, what do we want policies to be based on? On our side, we would say the truth. Yeah. What is true? They want policy to be based on desire. We want policy to be based on what is true. The meta story of the, the meta narrative of yeah. this film is that truth reigns supreme. Human nature is bad. Yeah. Especially when it is unfiltered and unfettered by any root or anchor in truth. Look what it does. It literally destroyed the planet or, or threatened to. And so <laughs> there's two or three clear, clear attempts mm -hmm. to, to check 
demo, modern times, contemporary Democrat media talking points in this script, right? Yeah. And then at the very end, though, it crushes the basis and premise of every Democrat policy of the last 30 years. Yes, it does. How do you reconcile that? Oh, I can't. I can't, I can't. either. I how, simply can't. If she were here today, I, how do you think she would reconcile it if we asked her this? Would she even, do you think she knows what she did? I know. Did we ask this three years ago? I don't Same know question. anymore. I don't know anymore. All I'm just thankful, and I'm more excited to see it a second time. I have a couple really quick things. Yep. A uh, short of Robert Downey Jr. I think she is the most perfectly cast superhero in modern superhero movies. Yeah. She, she simply is. Chris she's, Evans too. Oh, as Captain America. My, somebody else could have done that. I, okay. She's she's more okay. perfect. Secondly, my children went back to see Frozen two and loathed it. Yep. They came, and this is important because this is made for them. Four young daughters. They, they they said it's not as good as Super as Wonder Woman two, but it's still really good. That's really important because they're seeing something that mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Aaron still hasn't even seen the first one. I think the movie's going to be great. That's my contribution to this conversation. All right, John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.